Braveheart Conversations, where we learn the art of love through brave and compassionate conversations. I'm Jillian Aurora. And I'm Marie Wallace. And we are your hosts today. Welcome to Braveheart Conversations. I am Jillian Aurora, and this is my lovely co-host, Marie Wallace. Hi, guys. And um, we're so grateful that you are here with us today. I'm very grateful. Um... All right, so um, I'll just give my little opening spiel. If you want to find any any of our previous episodes, you can find us through our Facebook group, Braveheart Conversations. Uh, we're on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, all the places. So please check out our previous uh, podcast there. And today we're excited to talk about something that comes up very frequently in conversation around relationships. And that Jill, is... Jill, fix my partner! <laughs> fix how my do partner! How make him <laughs> XYZ? Yep. Um, how do I fix my relationship? And I find that there can be this desperation in wanting to fix the relationship at all costs, mm-hmm. no matter what it costs me, even if it costs me myself, even if um, it's not good for either of us, we're still gonna fix the relationship or we're gonna make it work. Um, so I want to address that desperation today. And when that question is popping up, how do I fix this relationship? Um, I want to walk you through some different possibilities and and really changes that are much harder than just fixing the relationship, but they will actually give you some real lasting change and fulfillment because I truly believe what we seek is not actually changing our partner. Mm -hmm. That's not actually (laughs) what would serve us or make us happy. Nope. We think, we really think that it would, Um, but unfortunately um, we get target locked on something that we really think is gonna make us happy. And it could be anything. It could be a million dollars is gonna make me happy. It could be having no debt is gonna make me happy. Mm -hmm. It could be whatever the thing is, you think that it's gonna make you happy and relationships can really be the same way. That once I have this magical relationship that I everything will be better. everything will be better. And it just isn't the case. Um, Unfortunately, I had to walk through my own uh, journey of hard knocks and got knocked around in the arena for a while. Yeah. Um, because I really thought the same thing. I thought, you know, my, in my particular situation, if he would stop using drugs and stop drinking alcohol, everything would be fine. Exactly. We would be good. We'd all go back to normal and, and, uh, everything would function well. That just wasn't the case. And I had to walk through years of, getting what I thought I wanted and then going, oh, maybe not. <laughs> maybe that doesn't work. So, um, Marie, I'd love to hear your experiences with this question and how this is, um, how you've addressed this with clients and yourself. Well, for me, I, mine was holding on to, um, I want to be married forever, right? That yeah. whole, um, I really wanted that marriage to last. Of course, none of us really go into relationships with any other intention than for it to last. And so I would hold on and I would try everything and it felt like it was on um, one side and not the other. And, And that could be my experience, but it was, there were so many things that were toxic about that, but some of the relationships I've been in and I wasn't willing to let go because I wanted to try everything. I wanted to be that person who really put it, went all in and did the things. And, um, yeah. And then 
the last couple of weeks, it's come up quite a bit, actually. I've had three different clients talk about, Joe and I said we were going to do a class called Fix My Partner, because that's what comes to us, is, is can you fix him? We will have our conferences, and they're like, can you fix him? Like, you know, and do you want to talk to both of us? Or, you know, how about if we just start with you? But no, it's not about me. It's, oh, yeah, everything is about you. Mm-hmm. And just when that relationship when that relationship with ourselves is be- better, all our relationships benefit. And so that's usually where we we start is, you know, what can we work on here? Mm-hmm. But you and I have lots of things that we can talk about there as far as yeah. what will make those relationships better. Yeah, and I really want to address what you touched on too, which is blame. Mm. That many times when I'm hearing, and even in my own situation, you know, when I would say, I just want, I just want this person to stop doing X, Y, Z, and then we're good. It's really uh, placing a lot of blame on that partner. It's like, you're responsible for my happiness. Mm -hmm. If you just change, then I'll be happy. And, um, my happiness is my responsibility. It's nobody else's. And I don't get to place blame on, on someone else for um, creating the perfect relationship. I do think in my situation, I was, um, I was confused by this for many years. So I was willing to take radical responsibility. And I was willing to say... Over-responsibility sometimes. Right. right. So I, I ended up in Al-Anon about nine years ago. And when I entered Al-Anon, um, I came in with the mindset, if he would just stop drinking and using pills, then everything would be better. Then I was quickly educated, oh, it doesn't work that way. (laughs) And that isn't actually going to fix everything. Mm -hmm. I was willing to accept that. But then what happened for me is um, I took on responsibility and then decided, well, he's not able to be the partner that so disempowering that was in alignment with my values. So instead of um, being willing to accept the truth of what that, you know, oh, um, I I want a partner a partnership that looks this way, and um, honors these values. And so when that when I was educated that my partner wasn't able to be at that standard. Um, I then overcompensated and just played both roles. And that created a lot of grief and harm in my life in two different relationships. I functioned that way. And um, so I thought that that was really my only option, that once I took responsibility for myself, then I really just had to come to terms with the fact that he couldn't be that person. So I do want to address that, that sometimes when we do come to the um, the fact that, oh, I can only fix me, sometimes that can also go oh. to an extreme. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Well, because you're also, in, if you're still in the relationship, you're letting him off the hook because right. you've just said... Well, he can't, which is also disempowering for both you and him and and not allowing. Well, in this case, we're talking about hims and hers, but (laughs) um, but it is disempowering, disempowering that they they can't, nor have Mm -hmm. we allowed that um, to to work. We've taken all the responsibility. Right. So I think it's it's true on both ends of the spectrum Um, and I kind of had to ping pong a little bit before I found that that middle ground because I believe the middle ground the most loving thing is accountability Mm -hmm. and we often don't see that we um 
we go from accusing our partner, you know, if you just did X, Y, Z, then I'd be great. <laughs> so we're shoving off all the responsibility. Then on the other end, we're taking full responsibility and, you know, it doesn't really matter what you do. I'm going to make the relationship work <laughs> um, versus really that middle ground that I believe is the bravest, hardest place to be because it's holding the relationship like this. Mm-hmm. It's holding the relationship knowing that I'm I'm stepping back and I'm being informed by this person and their behavior if they're a good fit for me. Mm-hmm. And that never stops. Never, ever. Never, ever. Um, I don't ever get a certain point that I know that person is never going to change and they're always going to have values aligned right. with me. Um, I don't get to have a point that I just know that they're the one. Mm-hmm. I have to hold the relationship like this and let it constantly inform me if this is the most honoring thing for both of us. That is hard. Mm-hmm. That is, I believe, the most loving thing to do mm-hmm. and the place to be. But that is hard. It's vulnerable and it's not safe. It's uncertain. Mm-hmm. But it's being honest. And it's not manipulative. It's not forcing my partner to be a certain way. It's not forcing him to have my values. But it's constantly just being open to seeing what are your values and are they a fit for me and are mine a fit for you? And and being willing and open to that answer being whatever it is. That's a totally different way of doing Mm -hmm. relationships. It's always evolving, and I've seen situ- I've seen relationships that were really long, you know, over 20 years, mm-hmm. and they both left amicably, right, so that it's very possible because they no longer aligned. And so just yeah. knowing that those relationships have served their season, which we've talked about as well, and just to be honoring of both, mm-hmm. both the way we feel and the way they feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, Yeah. Um, Accountability is another word that just has kept popping up for me. And I get to be accountable for my behavior in a relationship. That's really huge. (coughs) Sorry, I have a tickle in my throat. Hmm. Um, But accountability is something I get to have responsibility. And then also, you know, I often um, recently have come into conversations where people have been like, well, what about compassion? Like if this person is hurtful, maybe to me or someone else, like, shouldn't I have compassion Mm. for them and knowing where that came from? And, you know, there's reasons why they are that way. And I think, um, what has just kept coming to my mind is that compassion is still compatible with accountability, Mm. that they aren't exclusive of each other. So, what I often see in this pattern of like trying to force a relationship to work is an overextension of compassion. Yeah, it's and a like, free ticket to yeah, abuse. That yeah. they're just like continuing to make excuses for their partner's behavior instead of actually holding them accountable and saying, you know, this doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the biggest accountability, in my opinion, is your presence. Mm-hmm. So my standard is you know, if someone is not able to be safe and honoring in my presence, then I remove my presence. Mm -hmm. And that's not a punishment. It's just the fact that I don't want to be around people or situations that are unsafe and dishonoring for me. That's, Mm -hmm. that's a boundary I hold. And that 
essence in and of itself holds people accountable because that's the natural consequence. So I benefit from natural consequences. If I hurt someone, the natural progression is that they leave because they are not willing to allow me to continue harming them. And that becomes a catalyst for me. So removing my presence may not be removing myself from the relationship entirely, but it may be removing myself from the room. Mm -hmm. It may be removing myself from the conversation. It may be removing myself from the bank account. Mm -hmm. It may be removing myself from a work situation. You know, there's lots of different ways that I can remove my presence, but I ultimately get to choose what behavior I'm going to allow to be acceptable And so I believe that plays a huge part in this conversation of fixing their relationship Mm -hmm. because often what we're trying to do is force them (laughs) to be honoring and respectful of us. Mm -hmm. And instead of trying to manipulate and force them to have the behavior we think they need to have, we get to just be responsible for our presence Mm -hmm. and taking that where it is honoring to us. Mm -hmm. I also think the word trust comes up for me. Because how can I trust myself if I'm, one, allowing, mm-hmm. or two, taking all the responsibility? Is It just, I don't know, I, the word trust came up as you were talking, and it was going back to the authenticity, too, that I am being as real as I can be in this relationship, and I'm honoring and loving and all of those. So trust comes in there as far as when I make a decision or I ask for accountability that I follow through. Mm -hmm. And so that's the end piece of the accountability that I follow through with whatever I say I'm going to do. So that one, that my partner can trust me and two, that I can trust me. And I don't know why that came up, but maybe you have an opinion on that. Yeah, I believe trust is the foundation of all relationships. It sure is. (laughs) And what I, what I see again is when trust has been broken, um, it is up to the, partner or the person that broke that trust to rebuild it. Mm-hmm. But what I often see is the partner who, whose trust has been broken trying to rebuild yes. it. <laughs> and, um, and I remember myself saying, you know, well, I'm working on rebuilding trust or I'm working on giving trust. And to I me, like that's, that word, it's yeah. not, I don't force myself to give trust. That actually goes against my intuition. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Mm -mm. So You will. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that actually is, um, not only is that a memory for me, you know, well, you come back when you can trust me, Mm -hmm. um, but it's also something now that I'm familiar with in a lot of reading around domestic violence and power dynamics, Mm -hmm. that that's a very common um, pattern for someone abusing power is demanding trust, not earning it. Yes. So now I can see that as a big red flag. Someone who is responsible and takes accountability for their um, their responsibility to build trust is important. Um, it is not on me to learn how to trust you. <laughs> it is on you if you're if you have broken trust and you have hurt me. Yeah. It is on you to rebuild that pattern and consistency and to uh, rebuild the safety, mm-hmm. right? And vice versa. It's on me. I have a responsibility to be trustworthy 
for you. Mm -hmm. It's not that I demand your trust. It's that I earn your trust. And I know, and you know, that I've treated you in a way that we both mutually respect each other. Mm -hmm. And if that isn't present, there's a reason why. And we really can't talk ourselves out of our intuition and force trust. I can verbally tell you I trust you, but everything about my body, if I don't trust you, like my body can't be tricked. Right. And so I think that trust is a huge topic that we misunderstand very much. But I see in lack of intimacy, I I see things in um, uh, a lot of disconnection that all goes back to trust, a lack of trust. I also think that people see trust as only uh, knowing that they're not going to cheat on me. Yeah. And trust goes way, way, way Way. beyond that. Um, We've talked about trust before with Uh, Brene Brown's Braving acronym, and I don't want to go into all of that now. That's a whole nother topic, but um, check out Brene Brown's work. Um, Self-anatomy of trust. Anatomy of trust. The anatomy of trust, braving. Um, But there's a lot more to trust than just, I know they're not going to cheat on me and that they're going to be loyal. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot more to it than that. It's a safety. Really, Mm -hmm. it's safety. Um, So yeah, trust is the foundation if you don't have that you really won't have a um a true connection with your partner there will there will be a lot of superficial mm-hmm. interaction well and the other part about Brene just to to um to go back to that just for a minute it's the having those conversations those difficult conversations which is why we call this brave heart conversations right mm-hmm. is being able to have that conversation because sometimes the partner may not know where they've broken the trust and that's yeah. why I want to go back to the Brene Brown she breaks it down into increment or little parts so that you know what part you can address which part is it that um that they've broken and then you can kind of negotiate together what ways to rebuild that because I do also feel that if trust has been broken and you're both working on the relationship together it's good to have the your partner at least explain how how that trust was if if I mean there's some things that are very obvious but if for some reason there's a a miscommunication and and your partner doesn't know where that misstep has happened or where that trust has been misplaced you know Mm -hmm. working on it together and actually naming it and having a conversation Mm -hmm. being brave enough to have a conversation that can bring that trust again but if you see that pattern over and over again it's something to really take a look at am I Am I overextending that trust or that um, compassion that you were talking about? Yeah. Earlier? Are you giving mercy over and over and over? Mercy over. I like that word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and that actually is an element of trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, braving the first piece boundaries oh, is speaking what is and isn't okay. Yes. And so communication is that huge element of trust um, that I trust you're going to be honest with your no and your yes. Mm-hmm. And that I trust you're going to clearly communicate what is and isn't okay with me. That mm-hmm. is huge. Um, if that isn't present in a relationship, then I don't ever know where I stand. Mm-hmm. It's so, a waffling. Well, it's a it's a moving target, mm-hmm. right? You never know where mm-hmm. where you're supposed to throw the dart. <laughs> and same with myself. That's where I get to take accountability mm-hmm. for me. As if I'm not being clear, then I'm being that moving target, right? If mm-hmm. I'm not telling my partner this is and isn't okay with me, then 
I'm the one that's being confusing. Mm -hmm. And it's not a clear yes or a clear no. That's also mm -hmm. the same as a moving target. So, yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. yeah, if, if we aren't clear about what hurts our feelings or, you know, we are just going along to get along, then that creates a lot of confusion. Yeah. So authenticity is something that's very, very important and builds trust in a relationship. If you can't be authentic and tell your partner honestly what you want and what you don't want, then that's a, a really big red flag. Um, We've got a few comments, but mostly yeah. good mornings. Yeah, good mornings. <laughs> uh, good morning, everyone. Thank you for being here. Um, okay, there was another piece that I wanted to go back to. Um... Blame. Blame, accountability, trust. Yeah. Um, when we are so wrapped up in the obsession of keeping a relationship, um, what we are seeking is something outside of ourselves for happiness. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. And that will never that will never be fulfilling. We think that it will be. But when we get what we want, a lot of times we learn that that wasn't really ever enough. So what I have found is when relationships that I think they're one of the biggest things, even bigger than money, mm -hmm. that are sold to us as the thing that will make us happy. And Many of us spend our whole lives chasing this thing that's like the one thing that's going to give you your happily ever after. <laughs> and I think it's very dangerous because it is still something that is outside of ourselves. And really, the only happiness that you can truly find is within you. And it doesn't matter what your situation is externally. You can still find that happiness mm -hmm. wherever you are. And that is true in relationships. I had to learn that lesson before I could then also um, move on to learning to let go of relationships. I learned to be happy in some very unhappy relationships. That was a big lesson for me. Um, and then I learned to honor myself enough to let go of some un unhappy relationships. But I kind of feel like they needed to happen in that mm -hmm. order because I needed to stop glamorizing um, this illusion that some perfect relationship was going to make my life fulfilling. Well, and then you're giving, you're, you're seeking something that you don't have within you. And mm -hmm. so it's difficult to recognize um, if I don't love myself or if I don't honor myself or those things, it's difficult to recognize in other people. So there I'm, therefore I would be settling for mm -hmm. something that wasn't, as honoring as and as great as it could be. So I have to find that within myself. And besides that, if I find it in myself, I always have it with me, mm -hmm. right? I'm, I always have this home feeling, this comfortable feeling wherever I go, and I don't have to depend on anyone else. And um, I don't know why this came up, but I was thinking about... Um, people like Nelson Mandela and Viktor Frankl and people that have been in isolation for a really long time and come out as really great leaders. Because I think 
they've used that time to learn this person mm -hmm. and to love them. And so it didn't matter what was going on externally. I mean, they're perfect examples of how you can still be happy and um, capable. I mean, I don't know mm -hmm. all the words, but for some reason they came up for me mm -hmm. today. And just knowing this person allows you to convey whatever it is that you need in a relationship. And those relationships are for expanding you and growing mm -hmm. you and making you the best you that you can be. And if I'm spending all my time and energy on fixing someone or all my time and energy fixing me, I mean, I don't know if that, I mean, I guess we'll be fixing ourselves for the rest of our lives, but it's not really so much as fixing as going, wow, I wonder what I get to learn about myself mm -hmm. and heal today versus the fixing. And it's just a matter of where am I spending my energy? Am I spending all my energy holding onto this relationship and just like, I'm just gonna give it my all, or I'm just gonna spend my energy and time on growing and expanding myself and finding of those relationships that honor that growth path you know it's interesting when people take breaks from relationships <laughs> and I often am not a big fan of the way all of that is prefaced because it's like um, they think that they're gonna go heal themselves and often the very triggers that we need to heal ourselves are within the containers of relationships however I do think I see a lot of people who gain some sort of fulfillment when they are in those single spurts, those single moments. Mm. And I believe the key is we are finally in a, a, a place where we can't blame someone else and make them responsible for our happiness. And we finally are, you know, there's no one else. Have to take the hard look inside. So we become responsible for our own happiness. The thing is... If you are not aware of that and take that responsibility within your next relationship, you will fall right back into the same patterns of, of thinking that that person is going to create happiness mm -hmm. for you and that that person is going to create fulfillment and that their behaviors are the things that are creating um, whatever magical experience you're wanting. So I think that a huge key is not, you know, being single forever, but to take that same perspective that I'm responsible for me and my own happiness into whatever relationship that I'm in. Um, Which circles back to your accountability. Yes, it does. <laughs> We're accountable for our own behavior. Rats, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and I quickly wanted to cover something that you said earlier, which is all of this energy that is put into fixing a relationship and uh, making it what we want it to be is in essence forcing and manipulating the other mm, person into becoming good, who we want point. them to be. But if we were to take all of that energy that we are trying to love them into who we want them to be and um, trying to heal them and get them to recover and do all these things. Um, if we took all of that energy and we put that into our own lives and into investment in ourselves, mm -hmm. what would the repercussions be? And here's where, you know, this, this really changed my life and my world is when I realized what honors me truly honors everyone, it changed the game for me. When I invest in myself and when I live at my potential and I 
forget about what everybody else is doing. I let them live their own lives. You do you, I do me, yeah. Right. When I worry about my side of the street and making that clean and living at my potential, I become the biggest light and the biggest inspiration. And my actions empower other people and become the biggest catalyst for change, whether that is in my partner, whether that is in friends, whether that's in complete strangers. When I'm living in my passion and I am as turned on and tapped in and thriving, I am the biggest light that I can be. And that is the biggest impact that I can have in this world. And so it is a load of shit when people are telling you that you have to put all of your selfless energy into (laughs) fixing someone else because that actually, um, it's frustrating for a reason because it doesn't actually change them and it actually wastes and dishonors a whole lot of your energy that you have to give to this world. I love the way that you put that because you're coming from that place of light and inspiration. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's a really good indicator if you're not inspiring or you're not a light that that something's out of alignment and and it may not be that relationship for you too. But I just love that. Just being ourselves, being our essence, being who we are, being the most of who we are Mm -hmm. is actually just benefiting to all our relationships. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, The uh, quote... Uh, lighthouses don't oh. run around looking for ships to save. They just stand there shining. It's yeah, we were going to get t-shirts with that at one point. Uh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's one of my favorites. I love it so much. Um, and, you know, who is lit up by nagging and resentment? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. Not even us. <laughs> it's, it's really an icky place to be for both sides. Mm-hmm. And that let that be an indicator to you if that's what you're feeling. Um, let that be an indicator that that's, that's not helpful for you or anyone else. Be that lighthouse that mm-hmm. is not running around frantically trying to force people into Let the ships saved. come to me, baby. <laughs> exactly. Be as big and bright and turned on as you can and they will come and you will impact them just by shining. I agree. That's a mic drop moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Good job. All right, guys. Well, I think we have spent our time this morning. Um, thank you all for being here. And as usual, you can uh, find us again next week. Every Thursday morning, we are here live on Facebook. You can see any of our past episodes at our Facebook group, Braveheart Conversations, or on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, all the things, wherever you find your podcasts. And um, with that, we'll go ahead and close up. Thanks for the love. Oh, and if you have any questions or comments or challenges, please feel free to reach out to either of us. You can reach us individually um, at... Uh, my email is defytheaverage at gmail.com. Marie at mariesgold.com. So please don't be shy. Reach out. We love you all. And I hope you all have a great week. Bye-bye, guys. Hugs and love.